Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Star Wars 7x7, episode 2152. So last week we were talking about The Last Jedi and comparing it to The Empire Strikes Back because that continued something that we did previously with The Force Awakens and A New Hope. Well, it seems like we should complete that cycle, doesn't it? So today we're going to start with a look at the rise of Skywalker and compare it to Return of the Jedi. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So we're going to start off our discussion of Return of the Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker in the same place where we ended our conversation about The Last Jedi and The Empire Strikes Back, and that is the notion of recontextualization, the idea of taking something and placing it, viewing it in a different context to give it a different interpretation or meaning. Now, lest you think, at least on first blush, that Return of the Jedi doesn't do anything like that, well, it does. I mean, in particular, what it does is address something that was left unaddressed in The Empire Strikes Back, which was Obi-Wan saying, that boy was our last hope, and Yoda saying, no, there is another, right? So you remember that. And, you know, it occurred to me at some point that, you know, they could have been talking about Anakin himself, but no, of course they weren't. They were talking about Leia. The other that Yoda spoke of is your twin sister, as we find out in Return of the Jedi. And suddenly it's, Leia, Leia's my sister. And then <laughs> apparently off screen somewhere, they had to have that scene like they have at the end of Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, where everybody starts vomiting. And I'm not going to spoil <laughs> that any further. But yeah, something odd like, I kissed her. I kissed my sister. Ah. But even, you know, like saying that aside, there is the opportunity and it's just not necessarily as powerful, I would say, as the I am your father moment. But there is the opportunity when you learn that Leia is Luke's sister to reflect back all the way through to the very first movie to him seeing the recording of Leia saying, help me Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. You know, thinking like, who is she? She's beautiful. But you could actually consider that in another context. Like, you know, how is Luke meaning that in that moment? Is he actually thinking of her in, you know, that sort of uncomfortable way now that we know that they are siblings? Or is he actually, you know, reacting to something that he maybe knows somewhere deep down inside of himself? 
And, you know, that's ultimately what it's about. Like, maybe that's why he's particularly drawn to her. Uh, maybe I'm stretching, maybe I'm reaching, and maybe that's why we don't feel it the same way. We don't feel it recalibrating our brains in the same way that the whole I am your father reveal does. But it is supposed to help us recontextualize their relationship and how the rest of the movie is going to unfold. And I have to say, I feel like the recontextualization that happens in The Rise of Skywalker similarly you know, does not land with the same power. In other words, the you know, power that the Leia recontextualization lands with in Return of the Jedi, you know, it's not as powerful as the I Am Your Father bit. I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, once you hit someone like that, it's kind of hard to hit them like that again. But I don't feel like the Ray Palpatine thing hits as hard as an I am your father situation. For one thing, I feel like the question of Rey's lineage has been answered in a significant fashion in The Last Jedi. That scene where she's in, you know, the icy cave and the, you know, the mirrored wall and showing my parents and all that, I feel like she has been told, and you know, we talked about this on the previous episode where we talked about this, I feel like she's being told ultimately the thing that matters most, which is that you know, she is who she is, and you know, to look for meaning in other places is a useless thing, and it's a scary thing for her to consider. It's something that, from a dark side perspective, could be a very fearful thing to be alone. It's exactly what she doesn't want to hear in that moment. She does not want to hear that she's not connected to anyone or anything. I don't know, you know, in retrospect, if she had seen, you know, Palpatine appear in there, and it wasn't show me my parents, it was show me my grandparents. I don't know if, you know, that would have been as horrifying to her, right? I mean, to think like, oh my gosh, like, I come from evil? Well, I'm not evil, I'm good. And she would have, you know, immediately fought against that. But, you know, from a dark side perspective, to show her that there is no connection is something that's denying, you know, anything that she ever wanted. And so, yeah, I feel like the question of her lineage was really kind of satisfactorily answered in The Last Jedi. And so, even though we have this reveal about her lineage in The Rise of Skywalker, I feel like you can have both. You can feel like you had a satisfactory answer in The Last Jedi. You can still give this one and it can be legitimate and fine and still yet not have the same power that the reveal did in The Last Jedi. Hopefully I'm making sense with that. And if you have a different opinion about it, please, I would love to hear it, I really would. I will also say that, you know, that's from a thematic perspective for me. From a functional perspective, the fact that we're kind of hit over the head with the fact that we're about to get a recontextualization in The Rise of Skywalker also, I think, takes a bit of the power away from it, potentially. So right in the beginning, when Kylo Ren visits Emperor Palpatine and he says, be careful, she's not who you think she is, and he's like, who is she? So suddenly we're like... All right, now we're going to find out something more about Rey and her background. And then when they go to Pisana and they, you know, meet that one little person who gives her the necklace and 
she, and asks her name and she says Ray and 3PO says, you know, she'd like to know what your family name is. And it's like, just Ray. Okay, right. Now we know that this is going to be a thing, right? I mean, it's happened twice. So that means the third time it happens, we're actually going to find out what's up, which is exactly what happens when Ray and Kylo Ren encounter each other in and around Kajimi. And he's like, yeah, now I know the truth about you. Stay on the Star Destroyer. I'll meet you and I'll tell you all about it. And we're also given the show don't tell visual clue of Ray using force lightning by accident and destroying that First Order shuttle. So there's that too. I mean, I suppose that if you're going to do a reveal like that, you know, you kind of have to lay the groundwork for it for some degree. So that way it seems, you know, legitimate when it happens. And yet, you know, they didn't lay any groundwork whatsoever for the reveal of Leia as Luke's sister in The Return of the Jedi, right? That came out of complete nowhere. So ultimately, what I want to say is that the recontextualizations in The Rise of Skywalker and Return of the Jedi essentially serve similar purposes, right? They're for structural storytelling more than anything else, right? We have a situation that allows, you know, the love triangle to be resolved and gives Luke something to, you know, finally fight for when, you know, he's trying not to directly fight his dad. And with the rise of Skywalker, bringing Palpatine back and making him Rey's grandfather allows us to turn the focus of the, you know, villainous situation to Palpatine because he is the ultimate big bad in this and he's the one who needs to be destroyed and Kylo Ren suddenly isn't the big bad who needs to be destroyed, he's the big bad like Vader, like his own grandfather, who needs to be redeemed. And then ultimately, neither hero follows in the path of their blood relatives. Rey does not follow in the path of Palpatine, Luke does not follow in the path of Anakin. And there you go. That's what I've got to say about recontextualization as it relates to the rise of Skywalker and Return of the Jedi. And that is going to do it for our show today. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the curve be flattening for you wherever in the world you may be. This is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. This is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.